Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Gipper. Sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Today, we're back down to South Florida to visit with a good friend, Deb Margolis. Deb is the athletic director at the Terra Environmental Research Institute in South Florida. Deb, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know you uh, while our paths uh, crossed uh, down south, uh, Palmer Trinity. So I'm sure you're going to be able to talk about that a little bit, but let's go and jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and maybe how a love of sports led to this career in athletics. Okay. Um, I grew up in Miami, uh, born and raised in Miami. Um, my father was a world-class swimmer. Uh, so my first sport experience was actually swimming. Um, and I swam until I got to be in middle school, um, at which time I, uh, enrolled in Palmer Trinity and had my first experience with a team sport and was like, wow, this thing is for me. Um, Fell in love with team sports, the atmosphere, the environment, the uh, camaraderie, um, just the, the total environment changed my approach to everything, I would say. Um, I had the opportunity to continue uh, through middle school and into high school. I was a three-sport athlete um, at Palmer. Uh, Palmer's a very small school. Um, so I was a big fish in a little pond. And so when it came to college, although I had been, uh, received a few offers from some small schools, it was not the direction I thought I wanted to go. Um, so I wanted to give myself a chance to see if I had any talent or, or could hang with the big boys. Um, so I chose to walk on at Florida International University, um, I walked on to both the volleyball team and the softball team. Ironically, I tried out for volleyball thinking it wasn't really my sport, um, but I wanted to see what a college tryout would feel like. So I tried out and then a little, I'll say to my surprise, I made the team and was offered some uh, financial assistance. So then when it came to what I thought was my real sport, which was actually softball, um, I pretty much had to beg the coach to let me try out since he was now 
helping me financially, but uh, he conceded ultimately, and I ended up playing two sports in college um, with enough financial assistance, I'll say, to cover all the bases, uh, never a full scholarship, but a little little bits here and there's, and uh, ended up playing being a two-sport college athlete. Um, graduated and seemed to find a way to always look for the most challenges in my life. Um, I decided I wanted to join the Navy. So I enlisted in the Navy, uh, neglecting to inform the recruiter that I had a college degree. So I got to go in as an E1 enlisted, uh, enlisted one to experience boot camp and everything to see if I could do it. Um, Although that was fun and challenging, when I got out of the Navy um, or got out of boot camp, I should say, I then tried to say, okay, well, now here's my college degree. And they laughed at me and said, that doesn't work that way. So I got to serve uh, eight years in the Navy as an enlisted, uh, I'll say recruit, uh, that ended up going Naval Reserves in order to move on with my life and uh, get some back into the sports world and get things more settled. <laughs> so that's kind of my background. Jake, I'm sorry, I don't hear you. There we go. I'm a professional. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I'm always curious um, for uh, individuals who have gone into the service. Everyone thinks I did, but I, I didn't. And I'm very... Um, uh, you know, grateful to those who did serve, but I've had a number of uh, guys that have played football for me in high school and then have gone on into the military. And I don't know if they're just trying to be nice to me or not, but they always say that, you know, our football conditioning was tougher than boot camp. You know, what was your experience uh, going through that as a multi sport athlete? Pretty successful one. And then going into the physical demands of boot camp. Um, Physical, physically wasn't the challenge. Um, boot camp was more of a mental challenge. Um, and the mind games that I was uh, a typical, I'd say, you know, unfortunately a cocky athlete that thinks that they can handle everything and do everything. And so I thought I was smarter than everybody. So I enjoyed the mind games more of as the challenge of the mind games. And I'm not sure how much I actually learned from the, the, tricks they tried to play other than the fact that I knew I could stay up 48 hours in a row and still do a job and things like that. So it was definitely interesting. Oh, well, again, thank you for your service. <laughs> um, you brought us up to the point where you had, uh, you know, left the Navy, you're part of the reserves. Okay. What happened next? How did you get involved with, uh, or back involved with athletics? Um, Basically, I decided that I wanted to get into coaching um, and tried to figure out what I could do. And my, one of my high school coaches reached out to me and said that there was a position uh, for an assistant AD and a coach at a local high school. Um, so I applied and just got had an opportunity to get involved. Um, and that, that was kind of set the path and opened the door for me. Now, when you and I got to know each other, again, I was the athletic director at, at your old school, Palmer Trinity, and you were the AD at uh, Palmetto High School. And 
you know, really done a, a pretty good job of uh, building that program up, you know, share with our listeners, you know, uh, how that worked out. Um, it was actually Coral Reef High School, Coral, um, <laughs> but no worries, no worries. Um, it's confusing because we're in the Palmetto area. But um, anyway, so our high school was um, an 8A high school. And what that means is it's the, the big school, big size classification. My objective now was to, um, again, challenge myself and see if I could run a program um, that, you know, the student population is 3,400 students, uh, ninth through 12th grade. So that was the challenge that I wanted to take on. Uh, the school was in its second year uh, as, a, as a new high school when I got uh, first invited over and offered the position of coaching and PE teacher. I did that for uh, approximately, I'm going to say about six years until I became an assistant AD at that school and then eventually the athletic director. I was the athletic director there for 10 years. Um, during my tenure as AD, um, I feel that we built the program into one of the top programs in uh, Miami-Dade County. And we had been named overall um, best high school pro athletic program in the county and a couple of times in a row. Uh, we had a state boys basketball championship, a state girls softball championship, uh, some minor sports uh, championships, some, some bowling state championships, uh, individuals that had been successful in their programs. So basically what it showed me was that we could build something, um, which jumping over to now, led me to the transition to see if I could build something else at a different school. Um, so it was definitely a, a hard school to leave, but life choices and changes cause you to make decisions. And I ended up where I am now. Um, and I'm grateful to be here. We have uh, ninth through 12th grade also public high school with uh, about 1800 students, ninth through 12th. Gosh, uh, that, you know, uh, Tara, you know, the school you're at now, that has really grown because uh, I was still down in South Florida when it first wow. opened up and, uh, you know, they didn't have 1800 students then. So, uh, you know, that must be exciting to be there and help continue to build that program. Deb, in our profession, we talk about the importance of leadership and especially mentoring. Uh, and I'm curious, who are some of your mentors, either, you know, teachers or coaches growing up or maybe people that you uh, worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to uh, a coach or a parent or, or someone. So whose voice do you still hear? Um, there's some coaches and some former AD um, voices that I will never get out of my head. Um, they're definitely the people that opened the doors and showed me the direction I wanted to go. Uh, helped me reaching out through me back to me throughout the years um, and kept me on track as far as if I was ever unsure I could always drive by their house or or pick up the phone and say okay here's my dilemma here's my fork in the road and definitely were the people that always advised me um, my Palmer AD uh, two specific coaches there um, set me the way I am now. You, you go and share those names. You know, we want to hear those names. 
Well, Dave Hewitt, if he listens, man, he's done a lot for me throughout my life. Uh, he was my AD that that got me into, uh, I'll say, multi-sports and started me as a middle school athlete that, that said, give it a shot. And I was like, I don't know how to play a sport. I'm a swimmer. And uh, definitely got me there. Um, Mark Oliver was a coach that I will never forget. Um, he has passed, but key in my life. Um, and Marty Migliaccio, for sure, my volleyball coach throughout. So I know you know all three of them. So, yeah. No, and, and again, great, great people. Uh, you know, I, I had a chance to, uh, you know, be a part of that Palmer Trinity culture for six years. Really enjoyed it. Um, you know, nothing but great memories. Um, Deb, you've had a chance to see a lot of different high-powered programs, a lot of successful programs at different levels. And you certainly had your hand in nurturing those. Um, what are some things that um, either looking back at uh, Coral Reef or looking at your staff now at Terra, what are some things that you think that your coaches just really do a great job with? I mean, boy, you knock it out of the park. Uh, we always have things that we can get better at, but you know, what are some things that uh, you know, you'd like to brag about? Um, I think that one of the hardest things is just being able to work with the variety of personalities that come to the table nowadays. Um, the high school kids come with so many different backgrounds that I, I, I didn't think I lived a sheltered life, but the experiences that they come in and they tell us, you know, from free and reduced lunch, bad neighborhood, crazy stories to, you know, the rich kid that travels all over the world and, and has, you know, an extra cell phone and, you know, the fake phone and the extra computers. And I'm like, what the heck? So it's just the, the relationships, the being able to multitask and bring, listen to them, but bring them and tie them together in some way has been the, the hardest but most rewarding part of the job. And I, the, that's what I will credit my coaching staff always with being able to do. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, and, and as you know, it, it uh, can't be done without coaches, but I think it starts with the leadership uh, you know, right at your desk. Um, uh, we've been asking our athletic directors, um, you know, how they've been dealing, you know, with COVID. And we've been doing this since we started these podcasts back in June. And to our listeners, we're recording this episode on November 30. So uh, hopefully things will have changed for the better by the time this is airing. But uh, Deb, what's happening right now in South Florida uh, and at your school with regards to return to school academics, as well as return to play competition? You know, what's going on? Um, my best analogy will be that every day seems the same of uh, Groundhog Day, and yet every day is different with new surprises that we never in our wildest imagination anticipated would be brought up. Um, crazy experience to live through. We, uh, in Florida, we had the opportunity of, um, I'll say opportunity, but we had the choice of opting into the state playoff championships or opting out of the state series championships. Opting out provided the area with the schools that chose that with the opportunity of resetting their calendars. Um, 
not an easy task to figure out what was the best move for your program. Um, in Miami-Dade County, the county met and instead of it becoming a county-wide decision, um, it became a school sport decision. So we were trying to shuffle who we were gonna play in which sports. And if we played them, what season dates were they following versus what we might've chosen, um, you know, and what was the best for your program or your, your particular kids. I know some schools did all or nothing. I know other schools did selected sports. So it was, it was very challenging. Um, coming up with a, a redoing a master schedule in October when they let us come back, um, having hybrid learning. So we have some students in the building and some students that selected to stay home. So practice schedules um, couldn't start right at 2.30 when school bell rings because kids still had to drive to campus. Um, my gym was a classroom until the beginning of November. So I didn't have any home games um, and we would move tables and chairs to practice so that we could have half a gym and set up one volleyball court. Um, you know, we're, we're heading into basketball, which our seasons now are crazy overlapped. So I have volleyball, girls and boys basketball trying to get in. So I finally got all the tables and chairs kicked out. Um, so we now have a gym back, but shuffling those schedules um, with administration's rules on cleaning facilities and when they need us out by so that they can sterilize has been a challenge. Um, so everybody's basically on, on partial week practice schedules where we practice uh, three to four days a week with very little overlap if possible. We spread them out around the whole school so that they change in different areas of the school, not in the locker rooms where we can't necessarily keep the social distancing as, as carefully. Um, and if, God forbid, a kid does end up positive, we know which team and which area to quarantine and which area needs to be sterilized. And it's not that we lose an entire winter, fall program at the same time because they shared a locker room. So it's been uh, some new challenges. How, um, how did it go during your fall seasons as far as, uh, you know, like you mentioned losing kids or, or losing games? Uh, did you see much impact? Well, believe it or not, our fall season started, um, I want to say October 5th, if I recall correctly. And it we are playing our senior game fanless, but we put it as late as we could to try to hope that we could have fans. It didn't work out, but our senior volleyball game is actually Wednesday. Um, and then they are in a tri-county playoff. So we're trying to give them every opportunity to have a 15, 20 game season um, with some kind of a championship at the end. Uh, cross country, uh, GMAC, which is our local um, playoff is Thursday this week. Uh, swimming, we're still working on details, trying to get pool space. So golf just finished last week. So you're saying, you know, how did it end? It's still going, man, it's crazy. Um, basketball games and volleyball games at the same time for an entire season are not typical. <laughs> how, 
Yeah, um, I, as soon as I said that, I said, whoops, you know, South Florida got <laughs> that late start. So, uh, well, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, hot breaking news. Okay. Um, Deb, we've been asking the athletic directors another question. And again, we, we started doing these back in late June. And uh, at that time, the events uh, that had happened in Minneapolis and Atlanta, you know, were still, you know, very much, you know, in the news. And, um, you know, my question has been this, uh, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better in this area of, you know, social awareness and, and social issues? Uh, how can we do a better job with, uh, with our people? I think that the kids are open-minded. I think it's, it tends to be the adults and the influences that adults might have on them. Um, in the school that I'm in, for example, we're in Kendall in Miami, which is a very populated area. And we have kids that are coming from the poorest of the poor neighborhoods and uh, quite well-to-do neighborhoods. And you know, we try to do some team bonding and we try to do some things that it's, uh, I'm going to say, luckily in Miami, I haven't had a lot of racial tension or, or those kind of issues. We tend to get along here. Um, I actually adopted a multiracial child um, a number of years ago. It's not something that is as prevalent in the areas I, I go to. Uh, obviously it exists. It's, I'm not overwhelmed by it. Um, so the coaches that I tend to hire have the same perspective, you know, and we've done a lot of things such as we did a, a food drive for Thanksgiving, where we tried to, uh, challenge the teams to, to see which team could come up with the most items and, and find the most support. We gave a couple of the baskets to, uh, students within our own school. They, the kids do not know who we gave them to. Um, and then we sent some to some other areas that that were in need but you got to build school spirit and you, everybody has to be a part of it and everybody has to understand that that there's something to learn from everybody and there's something that that everybody has to offer to my focus I really appreciate you sharing that and uh, again it sounds like you're doing some great stuff there with your coaches and with your students uh, let's lighten it up a little bit. Huh? I also ask uh, our ADs, um, you know, hey, what's your favorite part about being the athletic director? And, you know, after the first 30 or 40 episodes, you know, they had all said the same thing. You know, it's the kids. And it should be. Okay? It should be the kids. But in addition to the kids, you know, what else gets you excited about coming to Tara each day uh, to hang out with those kids and coaches? You know, what gets you excited? Um, I mean, taking kids out of the mix makes it a hard question. You can still um, say kids. That's you okay. definitely <laughs> choose things. You know, I, I know that the impact of the coaches that I've had had on my life. And if I can touch anybody even remotely as close as they touched my life and my career path, that would be, you know, that I've done something well and, and, passed on what they taught me to the, to the next generation. Um, taking the kids out. I used to say, I love the challenge of multitasking. And I thought that that was one of my best attributes where I could 
be, you know, five things at the same time and, and figure it out and get it done and, and come up with a creative solution that I thought, you know, maybe others hadn't realized. Um, I've had enough multitasking in the past uh, six months to last me the rest of my life. So I, I, I would have to stick with kids right now. And that's, uh, and that's fine. If it's not, if kids isn't number one, you know, as you know, you know, you're in the wrong business. Okay. Um, Deb, it's been great uh, uh, talking to you again. I still, uh, you know, remember those uh, annual meetings we had with the Hall of Fame committee at Palmer Trinity. And, uh, you know, you always, you know, came across as a real professional, uh, appreciated, uh, Thank you. Um, you know, your input uh, compared to a couple of other board members. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we okay. always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Deb Margolis's athletic director toolbox? Um, find a mentor, somebody that maybe is an AD or an administrator uh, that's been through some of what you're going to go through. Uh, somebody that you can trust and rely that rely on, you can call them, reach out to them at any time of day or night. Um, number two, I would say, well, this year, a calendar with a pencil and an eraser. Um, your plans, all plans get changed more times than you would think physically possible. Um, but be flexible, be able to make those changes and figure out how to get the game played or get the kids into the gyms or fields so they can practice. That's their escape. They need it. Um, and we've got to be there for them and make sure it gets done. Um, final thing, um, surround yourself with a good team. Um, my team is everybody literally my security guards my custodians my teachers my athletic trainer my coaches it's not one one tier of people i'll say you got to go to everybody and everybody needs to know that you respect them and that you treat them all equally and that you value what they offer um and that you can't do your job without their them doing their part of their job too um i mean i give tons of uh t-shirts and hats and all that to my workers that are there, you know, lining fields and doing whatever else to help it get done. You know, the little things to the, to let them know they're appreciated because you can't do your job without their help. And it's amazing how much mileage you get out of a t-shirt uh, or a hat. Um, you know, it's easy to see why you've been so successful. Deb, thank you so much uh, for visiting with us today and best of luck as you wrap up your fall and kick off your, uh, your winter sports season there at Tara. Thank you. Uh, to our listeners, actually, um, one more question, Deb, if our listeners, you know, wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit more, what's the best way uh, they can reach you? What's a, uh, an email address? Uh, Deb, D-E-B, Margolis, M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S at dadeschools.net. 
And uh, it's also on the Terra website. Okay. Deb Margolis at dadeschools.net. Okay. Uh, and to our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember, these Zoom recordings are also uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. So uh, watch uh, as well as listen. Thanks to everybody and uh, come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.